You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Give Jesus a big, big hand. Come on. Give somebody a big hug and then you may be seated. Hallelujah. My, my. If you look around the room, there isn't much space. Wow. The last time I was with you, I I guess it was October last year. And uh, to come back over this past few months and to see what great progress. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a big hand for what He's doing. I want to encourage you to continue to press in to that which God has for you right here in CLM. There is a a special anointing in this house. And my prayer in joining Pastor Martin and Pastor Esther and the the Board of Elders is that God will continue to use you guys, not just here in this city, but all across Europe. Can someone say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I I shared with Pastor Martin, um, I think about two days ago, that I want to preach from Matthew chapter 14 on the story of the feeding of the thousand because right in the story is a situation that caused great intimidation to the disciples. And so I, I was thinking about preaching about do not let the size of your problem overwhelm you. Uh, but this morning at about 8, as I was praying over you guys, I, I sense a redirection. And so when Pastor Martin texted me and said, uh, uh, you know, would, would I be ready to come at about 8.20 or so? And I said to him, no, pick me up at 8.55. And I need a little bit of time because I, uh, there, was a, there, was a wrestle, there was a wrestling match in my heart. How many of you understand what I'm saying? And I want to talk about divine partnership today. Divine partnership with the Holy Spirit. And um, when Pastor Martin uh, picked me up at 8.55 and we were driving here, he said to me, uh, so are you ready with the word? And I told him, I'm, I, I have a change of the word of God. And so um, he kind of asked me, what are you preaching about? And I, and I said to him, the Holy Spirit. And then he said to me, oh, we have done a whole series, uh, you know, like a good f- month on the Holy Spirit. And I, and I said to him, well, I'm still going to preach on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> How many of you know God's not done? Yeah, and I want to talk about divine partnership with the Holy Spirit. And I want to begin with this text and then move into the text that I'm looking at. But I want to begin from John chapter 14 verse 16 and 17 to read to give us a context with regards to partnership with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, and this is what Jesus was saying to His disciples, because Jesus was entering into the final third of His time on this world. And as He was coming into the final third, He began to speak to His disciples to prepare them for what is to come. And then this is what He said, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, 
The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. I, I want to take a moment before we look into the book of Acts, and that's where my text is going to be. And Jesus told His disciple before He ascended that He will ask the Father, and God the Father will send us another counsellor. Now, I don't like the word in English, another counsellor, because it is not really the full understanding because when we think about counsellor, we only go to a counsellor when we are in need. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or we go to a counsellor because uh, we are going through certain things in our life. Uh, but the Greek word for counsellor is this word paraclete. And paraclete in its truest translation is the one who walks alongside. So, turn to the person beside you and it says, the one who walks alongside. And that's why I support Liverpool Football Club. Because there is one who will not leave you alone, nor forsake you, but he walks alongside. <laughs> I'm messing him up for tonight's encounter. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is the one who comes alongside, who walks alongside you and I. And I want us to understand that you are never alone. So turn to the person beside you, tell them, you are never alone. Sometimes on the journey of life, we feel alone. Sometimes in the journey of crisis and circumstances and situations, we very often time feel like we are the only one going through that passage of life. And do not be deceived because the Word of God says He lives with you and He is in you. That's what the paraclete does. He comes alongside. Whether you are in a time of, of ecstatic victory or you're going through a crushing time, He never leaves you because He's the one who comes alongside. And that's why God is looking. And that's why God is waiting for you and I to come into that partnership. Even though He's one who walks alongside, it does not mean that you are in partnership with Him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And in order for a partnership to happen, there must be the linkage of arms. It's just like years ago, I don't know how many years, was it eight, nine years ago, as I was in UK and I was going from where was I going from? I was going from London, I think, Heathrow Airport. And I was going from the airport straight and I was about to drive straight into Liverpool because I was there to watch the Liverpool football game. And then this pastor for, uh, I don't know how Pastor Martin knew about it, and then there was a conversation. And in that conversation, Pastor Martin asked this pastor that was driving me, could it be possible to hijack Pastor Dom just for you know, a couple of hours? And what happened was that I wasn't here for a couple of hours. I ended up in Coventry for 24 hours. And in that 24 hours, as I came alongside CLM, 
And as we began to interact, something began to happen. There must be the linkage of arms. There must be the linkage of lives. And as a result of that linkage today, we have been in divine partnership through the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Divine partnership requires that linkage. And so now we go to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now, this is in reference to the Holy Spirit that was mentioned in John chapter 16, that when, chapter 14, when Jesus goes away, He was the Father to send another counselor, another comforter, depending on your translation. Acts 1 verse 7 now. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the time or date the Father has set by his own authority. And this has to do with the second coming. But you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Father, bless this word, the reading of your word, and right now, Holy Spirit, have full liberty in this service. I thank you for those that are watching on YouTube right now. And I pray, Father, for those that are watching through the digital space of Trinity Broadcast TV. I ask, Spirit of God, that you will invade the room, invade the hotel room, invade the hospital bed, invade wherever they are with such a presence of the Holy Spirit as you draw us into that place of divine partnership. And so to that end, I thank you for what you will do right here in this place in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen, Amen. Well, those of you on YouTube, I do want to encourage you, if you are ever able to be here on site, do come on site because there's something that happens on site. Amen. I know God can work through digital space, but it will be better to have you here. Amen. Amen. And today you are joined with at least 163 countries around the world that is watching you right now through our TV network. So, um, you know, uh, I, I believe the spotlight is on Conventry today, on CLM. And uh, what you do is going to impact the nations of the world. Now, the book of Acts is really the book about the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is not just a descriptive book that describes the move of the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, it is also a prescriptive book that teaches us about the Holy Spirit. It is really about the description and the prescription of how the church ought to partner with the Holy Spirit. And I want to say here that whenever you and I come into partnership, the linkage with the Holy Spirit, something happens. And we're going we're gonna to cross through in the next 20 minutes some of the things that would happen in our life. Because number one, divine partnership allows you to receive power. 
Divine partnership with the Holy Spirit always allows us to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power. But you will receive power. Incidentally, this word receive in English is a rather weak word. The word receive gives us the connotation of someone coming up to you and handing something to you. Isn't it right? The word receive indicates... See, I'm walking away from him. (laughs) It indicates, it suggests, it gives the idea that it is a passive thing because there is an active giver. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But in the Greek text, it is not just about an active giver, but it is about an active reaching out because the word receive in Greek is the word lambano. Everybody says lambano. One, two, three. Lambano is not some dance. (laughs) Lambano is an active movement. And and that is why, listen very carefully, and that is why in a lot of miracles, in a lot of healing, it is always found in the stretch. When Jesus is healing the man with the withered hand, I, I, I just want to blow your brains for a moment. Did Jesus pray for the man with the withered hand? What do you think? What do you think? You see, in a lot of evangelistic meeting today, in a lot of healing crusades that we see today, we, you know, we bring the sick and then we start praying for them, isn't it? And we, sometimes we pray until our face turns blue and nothing happens. I don't see Jesus praying for those that are sick. What did Jesus say to the man with a withered hand? Stretch out. You see, the miracle is in the stretch. So Lambano gives us and suggests to us an illustration of active receiving through the stretch. And that's what Lambano means. And that's why when the disciples were told, and you will receive power. And the only way you can receive power is when you actively stretch as you link arms with the Holy Spirit. Power is released. And so right now, I want to see who will Lambano this 20 quits from me right now. Because the active giver is actively sending this 20 pounds, but oh, right. okay. Again, you see this picture. Again, this is a picture. Now, I want you to re- remember that, that, that picture that you have just seen, that wit- you witnessed a scene. Three guys came up, and the Bible says, Heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And when you and I have an active militant spirit to lambano, to take, that's what, you see, and you shall receive. It's not just God doing this, but it's about you, lambano, with that sense of militant, with a sense of aggression, with a sense of urgency to say, I'm reaching out. And when that happens, 
power is released. That's why lambano means to take, to accept, to apprehend, to grip, to lay hold. It's not a passive receipt, but a stepping forth. It is an active posture of reaching forth, that attitude of readiness. Because bef before they came up, you could sense they were already on the mark, get set, get set, and they were about to go, waiting for the sound. That's what it means. And that's, that's how we come into partnership with the Holy Spirit. If you want to see the miracles, the breakthrough, the activity of the Holy Spirit that will work in and through your life, you've got to have this active posture of reaching out. It is about laying hold and not letting go. You notice, the other two tried to get it, but they did not lay hold except for one. It's a very powerful picture today that I want you to sit in your mind. But you shall receive power when you lambano, you have dunamis. Dunamis, the word power in Greek is dunamis and dunamis means a force, a miraculous force. And that's why whenever we link up with the Holy Spirit with such active posture of laying hold, Dunamis is a miraculous force. And that's how miracles happen in our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is a force. It is the strength. But most of all, the word dunamis is the word ability. It is the Spirit's dunamis, the Spirit's ability, the Spirit force, the Spirit strength, the Spirit might. Four things happen in the power. The spirit power to enable when you could not. Have there been in your life where you try, but you just simply could not? Then you need the power. It is the power to enable when you could not. It is the spirit's power to empower when you cannot. It is the Spirit's power to encourage when you dare not. It is the Spirit's power to enliven when you will not. Because as we go through the journey of life, there will be moments when you could not, you cannot, you dare not, and you will not. And that's the time when we need the power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so partnership with the Holy Spirit will release His power. Secondly, divine partnership with the Holy Spirit happens when the Spirit comes on you. Verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This word comes on you. You see, it is very important that as we, and for all of us, just a side note, as you read the Bible, endeavor to be a good student of the Word. And, you know, go invest in a, uh, in a Greek dictionary. 
ear. Go invest in it and it's, it's so that it will open you up to the whole buffet of God's truth, acknowledge and revelation that He wants to pour into your life. Because this word comes on you in Greek, suggests the enveloping work of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes on you, He envelops you. He clothes you. That's what the word comes on you means. He's come. As it comes, you feel as if you're in an envelope. He clothed you. He embraced you. But most of all, He enters you. That's what the word comes on you means. He enters you. There is the invasion of the Holy Spirit. And it's very important if we are going to experience divine partnership, then we need to allow the saturation, the invasion of the Holy Spirit into our life as He envelops us, as He embraces us, as He clothes us. But this partnership of Him enveloping, clothing, embracing, and invading our life can only happen on two conditions. Very clearly, on two conditions. The first condition is do not leave Jerusalem. Isn't it? They were told at the end of the Gospel of Luke, to tarry, to stay in Jerusalem until they receive power, until they are clothed. They were then told in, Acts, in the book of Acts, just before Jesus, just as Jesus ascended, he told them to, to stay in Jerusalem. And so it is about not leaving Jerusalem. In a moment's time, I will explain the significance of Jerusalem. But for a moment, let me speak about this word, do not leave. Because this do not leave, it has a Greek word called chorizo. Chorizo means to separate. Do not leave means do not be separated. And that's why, you know, sometimes folks come to a church and they experience the miraculous work within that body. And then they leave the church and suddenly they lose something. And, and that's where it is. There is something that is always connected to a house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is something that is always connected to a ministry, an anointing. And it's very important for us to understand some of those dynamics. And here they were told, do not leave Jerusalem. Because that's a very important condition. Because to leave is to be separated from. To leave is to be divided. To leave is to be apart from or to be independent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the first condition is do not leave. Do not leave Jerusalem. Let me share right now very quickly uh, a couple of the significance and symbolism of Jerusalem. Because 806 times in the Bible, Jerusalem is mentioned. And what is it mentioned about? Number one, as a place of God's dwelling. It is a symbolism, it is the significance that Jerusalem is that place. It is a certain place in fact, uh, a few weeks ago in Tanzania, I preached about there is the place. There is always a certain place of God. There is always a certain place of the activity of the Holy Spirit. There is always a certain place for the refreshing work of God. 
has, and, and it has to be that place. No other place. And here in the scripture, Jesus then tells them, do not leave Jerusalem because Jerusalem here is the place of God's dwelling. God can dwell anywhere, but God has decided it will be that place. And I'm in... You know, my sense tonight is that when we gather for encounter, it's going to be the place. I was so excited when, when I saw on my schedule that I'm going to be invited to the encounter. Yeah. I, I will give up this morning preaching just to be there tonight. Honestly. Because I, I do have a sense of a divine appointment in the encounter. So come and join us this evening. It is not just a place of God's dwelling, but it is the symbolism of the metaphor of the city on the hill. It is that place of refuge. Jerusalem itself is the physical city where Jesus walked, where Jesus was crucified, where Jesus rose from the dead. So it is about the centrality of the life of Jesus. That's why they cannot leave the, the, the place of Jerusalem because it represented the centrality of the ministry of Christ. Jerusalem is the city where King David made Jerusalem the capital city. Jerusalem is the physical city where Solomon built the house of God. So with all of the historical significance, there comes a spiritual significance of a particular place. And so they were told not to be independent. They were told not to be separated. They were, they were told not to be apart from that place. And that teaches us something. As you become members of CLM or as you come to CLM and you find that this is the place of God's nourishment for my life, then my word to you is never be apart from the ministry of CLM. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can someone say amen? The second condition. But wait for the gift my father promised in verse 4. But wait. Jesus told them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. And that's what we're going to do this evening, the encounter meeting, because we're just going to wait. I like the fact when Pastor Martin wrote to me, he says, I want to invite you to, to be at the encounter and there's no preaching. I'm just there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But wait. This word wait in Greek is this word, Perimino. Perimino. And perimino means to stay. To wait is to stay. To stay right there. You know, I, I, I oftentimes have, I, I oftentimes go to lots of restaurants and I have the server come and then they just wait on you for a moment and then when they discover you're not ready, they walk away. Correct? But I want you to know the condition of experiencing that linkage with the Holy Spirit. And now you and I are the server. Jesus is the one sitting there. And sometimes we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, what you do? And then he's silent and then we walk away. But if you want a divine partnership that will release the miracle and the supernatural and the breakthroughs in our life, you and I cannot afford to be away. But we have to 
weight. Perimino. We have to stay It, is, it means to abide. It means to keep remaining. I like this because when I, when I was studying the Greek word, I, I came across this word. It says, to keep remaining. How many of us will have the spiritual, physical, emotional, mental stamina to just keep waiting? To just keep remaining. And I believe the encounter is going to be an experience for us to learn, to keep remaining, to continue, to keep enduring. And that's, that's what it means. You see, the spiritual principle here in waiting is that waiting requires you to be where God is. That's why Jerusalem. Waiting requires that you do not leave till something happens. Because we tend to leave just before the Spirit moves. Waiting requires you to be at the right place at the right time because this is the work of grace in that place. And God is watching. Waiting requires you to be in love, in anticipation, and to be ready. As in the case of the ten virgin, five were ready, the other five were not. While they were all in anticipation, but five were really ready. Waiting requires deep obedience when nothing seems to be happening. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Particularly when it is quiet. Particularly when it's still. Particularly when you don't feel that God is doing anything. I want you to know He's working behind the scene. And that's why I like the song. Even when you don't see, don't feel it, God is still working. Those are very two very important conditions. Two conditions for the Spirit to invade, to clothe, to embrace to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number three, divine partnership with the Spirit makes the difference. Verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, and you will be my witnesses. You will be, everybody says be. Be my witnesses. And that's the difference. The difference is in the being because it is about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that you have the power to be. You will become the man and the woman of God. Could you imagine <coughs> when Jesus was crucified, all the disciples ran away. It's not just a twelve. Everybody ran away. And now they are gathered in the upper room. They were told to gather in the upper room because, where, because when the Spirit of God came, do you notice the transformation of, of Simon Peter? From a, from a coward to a zealous man of God. It can only happen because of the divine partnership with the Holy Spirit that makes the difference in his life. To empower him to become the man of God. And I believe there is the power of God here today. And in this evening as you come, that God is going to meet you to transform you to become the man and the woman of God. If you've been struggling to try to become that man of God, if you've been trying to kick some of those bad habits, listen, listen, don't strive. Just wait on Him, embrace Him, encounter Him, partnership with Him so that something can happen. The 
power to become the man of God. And you look at the life of Peter, he had, he, he had such courage to speak for God. He had conviction to, to, to stand for God. But most of all, he had commitment to live for God. He became a man of God. He became a person of fulfillment. Yeah, Peter, Peter stepped into his fulfillment, his purpose. You know, a lot of us are wanting to understand about life purpose. What is God's purpose for my life? You know, what is life all about? And we, and we, we try to answer this question through, our, through the journey of our life. And we keep feeling like we have lots of potential. In fact, those of you that knows me hate, knows I hate the word potential, right? Yeah. Because potential means you have never been fulfilled. Potential means you are a failure. Yeah. That's why never call me a potential. You get slapped by me. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I never want to be a man of potential. I want to be a fulfillment. So turn to the person beside you and tell them, don't call me a potential. <laughs> But how can you move? How can you move? You see, I, I wrote a book uh, from potential to fulfillment. How do you move from that into fulfillment? It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about partnership with the Holy Spirit. Because then He gives you the empowerment to be. A person of fulfillment is not a dreamer, but one who steps up. The person of fulfillment actually experienced a God encounter and carries the encounter throughout his life. And you will be, you will be. But most of all, you will be my witnesses. I like the word my witnesses. It didn't say, and you will be witnesses. Isn't it? You see, the, the scriptures is very specific. Jesus didn't say, and you will be witnesses. But he says, you will be my witnesses. And that's a big difference. Because the word my witnesses, the word my deals with the formation of the Holy Spirit in one's life to become the disciple of Christ. It is the formation of the Holy Spirit in your life that makes you the disciple of Christ. Because it is the Holy Spirit who hovers over us and begin to make us, develop us to become the person of God. Not through our ability, but through His grace. Not through our achievement, but through His workings. Not through our associations, but through His interaction. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, we can all study more about the Holy Spirit, but you know what? At the end of the day, we need to come to that place where He begins to form us through His grace, through His workings, and through His engagement in our life. Formation happens when we come into submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ so that it is His will, not our will. Formation happens when we align to the purposes of the Spirit. Formation happens when we yield to the workings of the Holy Spirit. And so divine partnership has this thing to do where the Spirit hovers over us and He begins to make the difference in our life as He starts forming us to become His witnesses. I want to close because this next point is kind of a long point but I sense this is very important towards the future of CLM. And Pastor Martin, I will send you this last portion particularly. 
because divine partnership always creates movement. Number one, divine partnership allows you to receive power. Divine partnership happens when the Spirit of God comes upon you. Number three, divine partnership will always make the difference in your life. But finally, divine partnership with the Holy Spirit will always create movements. And there are some of this movement that as I prayed over CLM, and for those of you listening, as you tune in, begin to receive the movement of the Holy Spirit for your life. And particularly for you here in CLM, please take active notes of what I'm about to say. Number one, there is a movement of His fire. And I, I sense in my heart today, as I was praying for you, that there is coming a time, coming a season, where the move of the Spirit is going to come by His fire. And when a fire of God come, He comes to refine us into holy beings and He's going to ignite you for greater passion. If there is a sense of spiritual apathy in your life and if you are struggling through sin, I want you to get ready because divine partnership with the Holy Spirit will create this movement of fire. It is also a movement of empowerment. And uh, you know, Acts chapter 2 verse 3, Acts chapter 2 verse 4, as we move into the second chapter of the book of Acts, as I, as I continue to read this morning and praying over CLM, I sense a movement of empowerment. It is the empowerment with His anointing. It is an empowerment of authority and power. Yeah. God's not just going to give you power, His mighty force, but He's going to give you authority which is the right to act. You have the sense of rights. Whenever the enemy confronts you, whenever the enemy of your soul stops you, you have the right to say, dreams will come alive. You have the right to say, healing will come. You have the right to say, open door. You have the right to say, I am reaching my destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is a movement. Number three, it is the movement of the prophetic. Acts chapter 2, verse 16 to 18. That this church will become the prophetic church, which is this church will become the voice of God to the city and to the nations. It is a movement of the prophetic because you will begin to move with revelation and insight. Revelation is that which God gives to you so that you can become the front runner, the vanguard. Insight is that which God gives to us the wisdom to be able to facilitate the revelation. Next, as I continue reading through the book of Acts chapter 2, I begin to see a movement of evangelism and harvest. And that's why I, I want you guys to know that which has been happening until you guys have got no room, I want you guys to get ready because as the Spirit of God comes, as you partner with Him, that is going to create a movement of evangelism and harvest in, in verse 37 to verse 39 because there's going to be greater evangelistic fervor in this house more than, more than the history of of this house and there's going to be a ready and ripened harvest that you will begin to receive. There's going to be a movement of unprecedented harvest. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 to 47 because you're going from addition to multiplication and I like already the lingo of the multiplication that you guys have been using because God wants to take you from addition to multiplication. 
there will be an increase of great favor upon the leadership of this church. That's why you guys got to get ready. When the unprecedented increase comes, there is an increase of great favor. And I want you to know when great favor comes upon this church, this church will have responsibility not for the city, but for the nation of United Kingdom. There will be a movement of unity. 42 to 46, and then chapter 3, verse 32. I see incredible unity that releases the miraculous. Incredible unity that ashes the anointing. And maybe the next time I come back, I'll preach about incredible unity. That's going to be the movement of the miraculous. Going into Acts chapter 3 right now as I was waiting on the Lord. Acts chapter 3 verse 1 to 10, verse 31. And then Acts chapter 4 verse 12 to 16. And as I continue to read, I see the movement of the miraculous. As divine partnership comes, it creates this movement for and a movement of the miraculous. The miraculous becomes the normative of life. Are you hearing me? It cannot be a once-in-a-while incident. It's going to be normative, a part of your life. As a musician comes right now, it is the miraculous movement that activates the supernatural. There's going to also come the next movement, a movement of generosity. Back in Acts chapter 2, verse 45, but particularly in Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 37, there is that movement of generosity as the church steps from obedient giving through into sacrificial giving, which is what most of you have been doing in this few years. But you know what? It goes from obedient giving to sacrificial giving and it propels into a trajectory called extravagant giving. See, when the early church began to partner with the Holy Spirit, I see the manifestation of extravagant giving. A generosity that stirs the world's attention where no one has a need or a lack. The last two movements, it is a movement of proclamation, courageous preaching of the word that will confront convicted and compelling proclamation that is not politically correct. And finally, as I continue to course through the book of Acts, as divine partnership creates movement, it is the movement of church planting. It's going to be a movement of church planting. Acts chapter 11 verse 25 through uh, verse 22 through to verse 25 where a location for everyone, where it's going to be a centre for the convening, training, and the mobilisation of the saints. I'm sharing this with you because you know what? It's not just for Pastor Martin and Pastor Esther. It's for every one of you. Because you know what? You're going to be caught into this movement. You are called besides being caught. But most of all, you're going to be compelled by this movement. So CLM today, get ready. As I close in prayer, as you stand right now, in a moment's time, I'm going to hand to Pastor Martin to come. I sense this morning, you and I have a decision to make. 
will you partner with the Holy Spirit or will you continue life in a normal lane? Will you continue with same old, same old life? Or are you going to say, you know, Pastor Dom, there's something there and I want to step into that something there. That has to do with the partnership with the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of you are ready to partner the Holy Spirit? How many of you? That's right. In a moment's time, I'm going to ask Pastor Martin to come right now. Come, Martin. Come. If you want to partner with the Holy Spirit this morning, if you want to partner with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to come and stand. Because by coming and standing here, it is the symbolism of your commitment to Lambano. And then the miracles can happen. And the reason why I'm calling you forward is because I want a cameraman to capture you in this commitment so that it will impact those that will be watching. Come, Pastor Esther. So are you ready to come? First word, first line of this song, you come so that you can partner with the Holy Spirit. That's right. If you want to partner, come right now. Don't wait for the person beside you. Remember, heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. You need to have the sense of militance. You need to have the sense of destiny. You need to have the sense that this is God. God's calling you right now. That's right. Come as close as you can. Come as close as you can.